This episode is brought to you by Shopify. Forget the frustration of picking commerce platforms when you switch your business to Shopify, the global commerce platform that supercharges your selling wherever you sell. With Shopify, you'll harness the same intuitive features, trusted apps, and powerful analytics used by the world's leading brands. Sign up today for your $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash tech, all lowercase. That's shopify.com slash tech. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. If you're a data analyst, it's used a ton. If you're a data scientist, it's used a ton. If you're a data engineer, it's used a ton. And it's just really important to know. And so today we're gonna be doing just like dipping our toes into the SQL world. Welcome to the Data Career Podcast, the podcast that helps aspiring data professionals land their next data job. Here's your host, Avery Smith. Hey everyone, and welcome back to another episode of the Data Career Podcast. I'm your host, Avery Smith, and I'm really excited about today's solo episode where I'm gonna be teaching you guys more about SQL or SQL. And SQL is super important to be learning, you guys. It is actually the number one data tool out there for all the different data roles out there. You're probably going to be using SQL one way or another. If you're a data analyst, it's used a ton. If you're a data scientist, it's used a ton. If you're a data engineer, it's used a ton. And it's just really important to know. And so today we're gonna be doing just like dipping our toes into the SQL world. We're not gonna go into necessarily a super in-depth like explanation of SQL, but I'll give you a broad overview of what SQL is, why you should learn it, and how it's not as bad as you think it is. Before we get into that though, I wanna tell you guys about something very fun that we have coming up. I'm going to be doing a free SQL live hands-on workshop, three of them actually in, uh, in December. So I want you guys to be able to come to that and learn and practice SQL with me. In the show notes, we'll have a link to sign up. It's absolutely free to attend live. We'd love to have you guys there. Love to have you interact and just get some SQL experience in, right? Uh, so I'll explain a little bit more at the end of the show, but I want you guys to know at the beginning so you guys can go click the show notes, just give us your email and uh, get signed up. The reason I'm doing this is the best way to get better at SQL is by doing SQL. It's by being in the environment, it's by practicing. And uh, let me explain how I know this. It's kind of like me right now. If you guys didn't know, I actually signed up for a half Ironman next year. It's like my big year project. It's my Masogi that I'm doing. Basically, it's like the year defining event, right? So if you don't know what a half Ironman is, it is a 1.2 mile swim, a 56 mile bike ride, and then a half marathon, a 13.1 running race. And you do that all in one go. It's a big race and I'm not prepared. I'm not fit enough to do it, but I'm practicing and I'm, I'm okay at running. I'm okay at doing the bike, but I'm a terrible swimmer. And so in fact, today I, I know I have to get better at swimming. I'm not going to be able to swim 1.2 miles right now. I can barely swim 25 yards. That's like 75 feet. Uh, so I'm practicing and learning swimming and I don't want to every, every time like I'm sp- like supposed to, like it's in my training schedule to go swim. I don't want to do it. Cause I'm bad at it. You guys, I'm terrible. But today actually 
I got out of my comfort zone. I actually paid some money and I went to a group coaching lesson. And I was so nervous, you guys, because all the other swimmers there were so much better than me. (laughs) And I was just thinking, man, I suck. Why am I here? Should I just go? I was like, should I just get up and leave? But I got some help from a coach and I got in the environment and I got to hear all these different words they were saying. I didn't even know what they meant, but like I'm listening to context clues to try to understand this whole swimming world a little bit better. And that's the same thing you have to do with the sequel world. Just being in the environment, listening for the words. What are we saying? What are we doing? You know, and then actually practicing, right? My coach was giving me all these stroke techniques and these drills and stuff like that. And that's exactly what I'm going to be giving you in these SQL live workshops. So the best way to get better at SQL is by practicing. So come practice. If you're listening after December of 2023, the link down below to sign up will change and it will be a recordings link that you'll be able to look at. And uh, I'll talk about that more at the end. But let's, let's talk about SQL now. SQL or SQL, you can say it either way. There's not one that's right. There's not one that's wrong. Stands for structured query language. Let's let's break that down because it's like, what the heck is going on? So structure just basically means it has a tight structure. It's very structured. It has like a lot of structure, right? That's what structured means. Structure, I know I'm using the word in the definition. It means like there's order, there's form, there's shape. It's repetitive. It's It's guessable. And the structure in SQL is very structured. It's always going to follow the same patterns pretty much all the time. So once you figure out the pattern and there's, for instance, an order of operations that that happen in SQL and things you have to do first and say first and blah, 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 blah. Like it's just very structured, which basically is good. In comparison, I would say something maybe like Excel is not very structured. Excel, right? Like you could have anything going on in a worksheet. Like you could have a table on one sheet, a table on a different part of the sheet, a third table on that sheet, a graph on that sheet, another workshop. Like you could have like, it's very flexible. It's very, which is great, right? Sometimes, but SQL is like, I live by the law. I do what you tell me to do and only that. So that's what the S stands for in SQL. The query is a word that we don't really use in English very often, but basically it means to ask. It's like to investigate or to ask. And basically, that's what you're doing. You're doing structured investigating or structured asking of your data. And L stands for language because this is a programming language. This is, you know, something that takes time to learn. It definitely is like speaking a foreign language. Once again, I speak a couple of foreign languages. I learned Swedish, for example. I lived in Sweden for two years. And Swedish is not an easy language. It sounds like that, right? Which is very weird to say in Swedish. Shout out to anyone listening to this podcast from Sweden. I'm not sure we have a whole lot. But when you're learning a foreign language, the only way you learn is by practicing. And so the only way you learn SQL, it's a foreign language, is by practicing. So come to the live event and get some practice in. But that's, what, that's what SQL stands for, or SQL, Structured Query Language. So hopefully that clears up some things. And why the heck would you even use it? Well, I'm guessing a lot of you guys are probably more familiar with Microsoft Excel, right? And it's like, Excel's great. Why do I need to switch to SQL? Why would anyone want to use SQL over Microsoft Excel? And there's a lot of different reasons, but the two biggest ones in my mind is one, it's really good at big data. So like Excel, I know unless some of you guys are like, yeah, I have these monster Excel sheets, but like that's only a couple hundred thousand rows at most. I think Excel's like limit is around 200,000 rows. So anything bigger than that, Excel is going to be clunky at even depending on your Ram and your computer, even like 80,000 rows, Excel, depending on how many columns there are too, Excel can start to get slow and start to get clunky. In fact, you'll, you'll probably get more 
more of a human limit on using Excel because you'll just won't want to wait for the results than you will the actual Excel limit where it actually doesn't work. So Excel is clunky with big data. It's not going to do very well. And SQL's great. SQL can handle, you know, millions of rows. Now, of course, the more rows and the more columns you have, the slower it's going to be, but it's going to be a lot faster than Excel for doing these data crunches. So companies, you know, for instance, if you just think, let's just think about like Instagram, for example, right? Instagram, you have just like on the user interaction, every time someone posts a photo, you have what time they posted, what words they said, what hashtags they used, what device they were on. You have who commented, when they commented, who liked those comments. All of that's going to be stored in some sort of like a database like SQL. I'm not saying they use SQL, but like the point here is there's like a billion Instagram users, right? And so there's a billion, just a you have to have a, just to have the users table. That's a billion rows, right? And then on top of that, you have an additional, like a different table probably for every single photo that's posted, every single comment that's posted, every single like that happens. Like you're going to have billions of rows and obviously Excel is not going to work for that. Another really good reason is you can set up these SQL servers, which is, which makes data accessible. So for example, you know, if, if I want to access the Instagram data and you want to ac access the Instagram data, if it was in Excel, it'd have to be like on SharePoint for both of us to look at it, right? Uh, but with SQL, it can be made really accessible. You basically put it on a server and it's basically, if you just point to the right direction, it's almost like a URL, you can access it with the right password. So very accessible, good at big data. And it's also good at lots of tables. So one of the things you think about in Excel is like you could have multiple tables on one sheet or you could have multiple sheets in one, what is it called, the workbook, right? SQL just really simplifies this and makes it very structured. You have multiple tables and you show that how they relate. In fact, SQL is what we call a relational database, which basically in simple terms means that your tables relate to one another. Like basically, for instance, if we go back to if we have a user table with like all the users on Facebook or, or Instagram, for example, that's one table. Then we're going to have like a posts table and the posts table is going to have a column with like a user ID and that user ID will match the user ID on the users table. And so we can actually be like, oh, well, this is user ID 774. What's that user's name? And we can go back to the users table, go to 774 for the ID, look up the name, so on and so forth. So there's relationships that exist between these different tables. And SQL is really good at that, makes it very structured. SQL is always going to be kind of a rectangular table as well, meaning we have rows and columns, which is, which is important. Um, so how have I used SQL in my career? So when I was at VaporSense, we actually didn't use SQL all that much, but we should have been because we were doing a mess of things with Excel and CSVs and stuff like that. It, it was a very data immature company. We were a startup and we didn't really know what was going on. We didn't really have that much data. Right when I was leaving, we were setting up SQL while to make it better. Uh, but really when I used SQL was mostly at Exxon. And ExxonMobil, we ran a bunch of like simulation or optimization experiments. We were basically running a bunch of simulations with different scenarios and looking at the results. And the results we were looking at, those were all stored in a SQL database with literally hundreds of tables, you guys. We spit out a lot of results. So we have hundreds of tables and we were probably doing hundreds of thousands of experiments. So once again, big data, that's what SQL is really good for. And so a lot of the time I'd write SQL queries that would go and get certain results based off of the day or who was doing it or what we wanted to look at, maybe what some different values were, so on and so forth. So I was, that's how I was using SQL at the time. Now I want to get into some of like the background of SQL and like the actual commands 
that you're going to be using. I'm not going to go into every command. I tried to look up how many commands there are in SQL. There's kind of like different flavors of SQL. Um, and so it's kind of hard because like, for instance, MySQL will have a little bit different commands than SQLite, which will have different commands than PostgreSQL, which will have different commands than Microsoft SQL Server. Like basically there's different flavors. Those are some four different flavors of SQL. 95% of the time they work very similarly, but each of them kind of have their quirks. Some of them are good at certain things. Some of them aren't. Some of them have like slightly different commands or they'll call them different names. In my opinion, if you just pick one of those, you're going to be fine. You'll be able to figure out the rest. Like most of SQL is so structured that it really is the same from one place to another. There are some differences. We're not going to cover those differences today, but just know that like if you've learned SQLite, there will be slightly, slightly different things in MySQL. Just slightly though. Like I said, 5% probably. So I just want to make this very clear with you guys. I'm going to give you guys 17 commands in SQL. These are not the only 17 commands that you're ever going to use in SQL but they're the most common for data analysts. These are the things that really are when you're going to be looking at data, you're gonna be analyzing data, you're going to be querying data, giving results, those types of things. These are the 17 commands that I've used the most in my career and I've crowdsourced from the data community that they use the most in their career. But I wanna make it evident that there is more than 17. But here's the good news. You don't have to have these memorized, okay? I don't have these memorized. I honestly get really rusty on these a lot of the time. I probably like, I don't know, I don't use SQL as much as I used to, right? And so maybe like once a month, I have to refresh myself. Oh yeah, it's like kind of riding a bike. You get, you're like, oh yeah, this is how I ride a bike and you remember. Um, some of them are gonna be really easy. Like for instance, the first one, select. You're always gonna pretty much be using select when you're analyzing data. But some of these you're not going to use as often and they're going to be a little bit fuzzy. So you don't have to have these memorized, especially with Google. Like you can just Google, how do I do this in SQL? And the cool thing now is with AI and with ChatGPT, for example, you can just write this stuff in English. You know, you can just be like, I want to get this column, this column, this column. I want to group it by this. I want to do this. And it will actually write the SQL query for you. Now, before you're like, oh my gosh, AI is coming for my job and SQL is going to be obsolete. You have to check the SQL results. You have to know that like, okay, yeah, this is actually what it's doing. It's not doing something else. It's not perfect yet. And honestly, like I don't see it being perfect down the road. Like you're always going to have to be checking it. So don't worry, your job's going nowhere. But you can use this as a tool to become faster at writing SQL queries. That's what I use AI for now. It's like, I could write this by hand, but like that would require me to think and probably take 15 minutes. And, I, and at least I can start with like, can it give me a warm start, right? Can it, in one minute, can it get me halfway there? And then it takes me another five minutes to finish it or whatever, right? So the good news is you don't have to have this memorized for the job. The bad news is many interviews will test you with SQL and they'll want you to have it memorized. So it's kind of a catch 22. We're on the job. You don't actually have to have it memorized but when you're in the interview, you kind of do. So I'll actually, if you guys come to the live hands-on SQL sessions that we're doing, I'm gonna give you a lot of good resources that you can check out to continue practicing your skills. But come to the live session because we're gonna practice there for the interview. Okay, let's go through 17 commands of SQL that I think you guys will be using in your data careers, especially as a data. You're always gonna be starting when you're analyzing data, pretty much always gonna be starting with the select. The select is how you choose columns, okay? Then you're going to be using the from because SQL's dumb. It's a dumb language, very structured, but very dumb. And you have to tell it what table you're going to be looking at. So select these columns, column one, the pricing column, whatever the column names are. Those are going to be comma separated from the table that you're trying to select stuff from. Okay. But of course you might not want, that's going to by default give you all of the rows. You might not want all the rows. You might want to do some sort of filtering on the rows and that's where you'd use a where clause. So select columns from table name, 
where pricing greater than 10. That would give you only the, the rows where prices are greater than 10, right? We can do different sorts of, of filtering in that where clause right there. You can also do a group by. This is going to do exactly what it sounds like, right? It's very structured, it's very intuitive. It's going to group the rows in certain ways. So for example, that's usually mostly used with things like aggregate functions, which is actually number eight on the list, max, min, sum, average. You've done those in Excel, right? So for example, if you had, you wanna define the average price of an item by color, you'd group by the color column and you do the average price. So it'd be select, for example, just, just in this example, you do select the color column, comma, AVG for average, right? Plug in the price column from, you know, pricing table and we'll do where the price is greater than 10. You can group by all that good stuff. Basically the group by would be on the color there. You can order by, which basically allows you to order. It's basically like sort descending or sort ascending on your results. So you do that alphabetically or numerically. And numbers, that's four and five. Number six is the like. Like basically is a way where you can, for instance, it's used in the where clause. So where, and then you could say a column name, for instance, color, like, R, and that would only return the rows that have a color that includes the letter R. So like is basically a way that you can do string operations. String is just text if you didn't know. Um, and check out some different things in strings. I forgot in the aggregations to include count. Max and min are exactly what it sounds like, finding the max and min of values. Usually it's done numerically, but it could be done alphabetically as well. The sum obviously is going to be the total sum of a numerical column. The average is gonna be the average of a numerical column. That's AVG in SQL. Count is going to be the total number of rows. Basically it's counting the number of things. Those are all aggregate functions. Used a lot of the time with group by. Okay, number nine, there's the case when. This is basically a way that you can set up if statements in SQL. If you've done if statements in like ifs in Excel, this is very similar. It's basically you set up a bunch of logic to do different things where it's like, for instance, maybe you're doing, you have a color column, but you want to do like a warm or cold tag column. Like warm colors are like red, yellow, orange, right? And cool colors are blue, green, those types of things. So you could do like case when the color is, in this case, you could do like an is in, a, and then you do like a list of like red, yellow, orange, then warm, else cool. And that basically creates a new column based off of that logic there. Uh, the next one, number 10 and 11, have to do with combining multiple things or multiple tables. The number one thing is join. Joins are huge in SQL. We're not gonna go into all the different types of joins, but joining is like, hey, let's join up together as tables and be a super table. Basically what that ends up doing is I actually gave you an example of a join earlier when we were talking about the, the Facebook or Instagram example where I said there's a table that has the users and then there's a table that has the posts and you relate them together by like, for instance, the user ID on the posts matches the user ID on the user table. That's going to be called a join. So basically it's like you take two, call, or you take two tables that have unique columns and you combine them together. So usually if you're watching on video, it kind of looks like boom, boom, boom together. The next one is a union, which instead of a boom, boom, boom together, if you're not watching on video, I'm going left, right, combining left, right. A union's gonna be boom, boom, stack. So you're gonna have a table on the left, a table on the right, and you're stacking it on top of each other. This one is not as useful, but it is good to know. The next one that we're at, let's see, is 11 distinct that basically gives you like the unique values. So for instance, sometimes you'll do a count distinct, which will only give you the unique values. 
you have having. Having is basically like a where clause, but only with aggregate rows. So if you've done a group by, for instance, if you did a group by where you found the average price based off of the color, you know, and you found that red's average is 20, blue's average is 10, yellow's average is five. You could use having clause to filter those rows like a where clause, but it's on the aggregate, right? Having, you know, a average price more than seven, for example. So it's basically like a where, but on the aggregate rows that have occurred after a group by. So kind of tricky there. This is when it starts to get a little bit more more tricky right here. This is kind of where I draw the line for an entry-level data analyst role. I think a lot of the times, I think we're at 13 right now. These 13 are enough. Other times you'll need these remaining ones, but like usually having is about where I draw the line of like, you should feel good about everything that we've talked about so far. Having, if you feel a little stressed about it, it's kind of okay. Um, the next one's concat. This one's actually kind of simple. It just combines multiple columns. So for example, you could like make a sentence out of multiple columns. You could combine just like whatever the text, you could slam it together, make sentences, those types of things. The next one is with as, and these are called CTEs a lot of the time, which stands for common uh, table expressions. Uh, this is like, you create kind of almost like mini variables. Let's say that you're trying to figure out something and you say that like Y is equal to MX plus B and then M is equal to 75 minus 42 C or something like that. Basically a CTE or a with as is a way that you can kind of create something and then plug it in as a variable into a different query. So not the best ex explanation there, but it's basically like a variable that you're going to be using inside of SQL. Then there's the over partition by, these are going to be called window functions. This is where things get a lot more complicated, but you can basically do mathematical expressions over a certain part of your table or a certain part of your results. So these are, these are, these are really kind of tricky. Like a lot of the times, this is where people kind of get lost with SQL and I don't love doing window functions. I'm not the best at them. I'm still practicing them. We'll do some practice on the last session that we do together, but these are really good for doing complex math on a SQL table. Very useful to do. Basically, you're doing math only in certain parts. For example, the last one, number 17, is a rank. So for instance, if you wanted to rank some products based off of their color, like the best, for instance, maybe, maybe in, in this example that I've kind of been doing of these products that are by different color, you could rank, for instance, what's the best red products? What's the best blue products? So you'd have like, for instance, if you had three red products and three blue projects, with the rank function and an over partition by window function, you'd basically be able to put like a rank column and you'd be able to rank the red things and the blue products independently of each other. So you'd have a, a ranking for red, one, two, three, a ranking for blue, maybe two, three, one, whatever. Like you'd basically be able to add rankings. You can do other cool things with those window functions, which are kind of complicated. And to be honest, it's kind of complicated talking about SQL uh, on a podcast because I can't show you guys anything. It's all just very audio based. Uh, and SQL is not audio based. It's very visual based. It's very hands-on based. It's very practical. And so if you guys want better practice, if you're like Avery, this episode made no sense, then come to the live session that we're going to do together. It'll be longer. Instead of 20 minutes, it'll be an hour. We're going to do three different sessions. So it'll be three hours total, right? And you'll be able to see things. You'll be able to actually open up your browser and do it along with me, which is really fun. And uh, we're going to have a ton of fun. You guys are going to love it. Like I said, the best way to learn SQL, the best way to prepare for these interviews is to practice, to be in the environment, to hear the right words, to hear the right terms, to have the right logic and thinking, the right troubleshooting, those types of things. And you only do that by practicing. So come practice with us. Like I said, I'm going to give you guys a bunch of resources to get better. We're going to be doing this for three hours 
and you're going to feel a lot more comfortable by the end of it. So sign up. Why not? Right. It's free down in the show notes. I'd love to have each and every you guys there. All of you guys, all the podcast listeners, I'd love to have there and in the room with me and, and hanging out and learning SQL together. I hope you guys found this episode useful. If you did, please let me know and I'll see you guys in the live SQL series. See you guys soon.